I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother, uh, my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Hello everyone, welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. The podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear, and today will be the season finale of the Live Better Longer podcast. Season three will be in the books following this episode. And then look for the premiere of season four in early 2023. But I think, no, I, I don't think, I know that we are going out with an exclamation point. Maybe three exclamation points. Because today I will be joined by Robert Hamilton Owens. You might think that the Dos Equis guy is the world's most interesting man. Uh-uh. No way. Robert Hamilton Owens is the world's most interesting man. He's a speaker, author, legendary adventurer, Air Force vet, extreme athlete, and even though age is only a number, I should probably point out that he is 71 years old. And he is coming in today to tell us about his transatlantic journey. He will be rowing across the Atlantic Ocean starting on December 4th. And then I think it was like a couple of years ago, he ran seven marathons in seven consecutive days in seven continents. And he did that in his late 60s. So when you hear people say age is only a number and be stronger, live better longer, Robert Hamilton Owens is proof of that. So he will close out this season of the Live Better Longer podcast. And the reason why he is rowing across the Atlantic Ocean, and I'll confirm it with him, but I think this is going to take like a month and a half. The reason he is doing this is to raise awareness and money for veteran suicide prevention. And we will talk all about that. So that's the raising awareness portion of it. And to raise money, there's a couple places you can go. You can go to the Courage Foundation. And this is an organization that helps veterans with PTSD transition back into society. So their website is Courage Foundation. USA.org. You can also go to robroseforvets.org. That is Rob Rose, R O W S, for the number four, vets.org. Robroseforvets.org. And while you're there, make sure to drop a donation. And we always say this it doesn't have to be a huge donation. Think about it. If everyone listening, donates 25 bucks, it all adds up. Our veterans 
do a lot to help us, we should do a lot to help them. So Robert Hamilton Owens will close out this season of Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. But before Robert comes in, I want to remind everyone that this weekend, December 3rd and 4th, is Dr. Carol B. Lewis's in-person course, Orthopedic Examination and Intervention for the Older Adult. It's happening at Fox Rehabilitation's home office in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, December 3rd and 4th. PTs and OTs, that is physical therapists and occupational therapists, you can get 20 CEUs. If you don't know what a CEU is, that is a continuing education unit. So if you would like to register for Dr. Carol B. Lewis's course, Orthopedic Examination and Intervention for the Older Adult, go to greatseminarsandbooks.com. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, and I am now joined by Robert Hamilton Owens, ex-Air Force pararescue man, triathlete, and a man who will be rowing across the Atlantic to raise money and awareness for veteran suicide prevention. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Good to be with you. I have a million questions for you. You can I, do that. I doubt that I'll get to them all, but let's just <laughs> let's start with the why. What inspired this journey across the Atlantic? I am a coach at a place called SealFit. SealFit is like a CrossFit gym, but it's made for Navy SEAL training. I'm a paid coach there. I'm the only non-Navy SEAL coach there. They were kind. They let a Air Force PJ guy hang out with them. <laughs> Anyway, I coach with a guy named Mark Crampton. I did for six years. We have a 50-hour nonstop challenge when we train special ops kids. And Mark and I do the did all-nighters. So there's coaches during the daytime. Every eight hours, there's a different set of coaches. And we do the all-nighters. Mark and I would walk up and down the beach and talk. Mark is a 28-year master chief in the Navy, the highest rank you can be in the enlisted ranks of the Navy. He ran BUDS. He ran uh, sniper school. He did 11 deployments. He was, he was sort of like the man in San Diego. Anyway, we were coaching again a few months ago, and he went home afterwards, got depressed, and blew his head off. He'd been out of the military 12 years. He wasn't a drinker. He wasn't a depressed kind of a guy. He was a, went to church. He was just a normal guy doing well 12 years into his retirement. But what we surmise is, as always, there are snakes in people's heads when you do 11 deployments. Mm -hmm. And somehow he had compartmentalized those to where he could live and function and be normal. And none of us had any idea that he had mental health issues from those deployments. And so to have him say goodbye to us, see you later, have a great time, and then go home and a few days later get depressed. His wife said he seemed like he was getting depressed. And then he went up on his mountain bike and to his favorite hillside and got off his mountain bike and shot his head off. We all just went, what is it that we missed again? We have 18 to 20 veteran suicides a day. There's more people dying now from suicides than the amount of guys who died in Afghanistan. And so we 
our group of coaches and stuff just shook our heads and said, how did we miss this one? Like everybody else is missing <laughs> the ones that their people are dying around them. And we have a program and the program is a mental health accountability program that we were doing really well with prior to the pandemic. And we would fly guys in. What would happen is a lot of military guys don't want to speak to the VA. And VA is real big on just putting guys on drugs, sedate them, you know, there's too many of them, just sedate them. And then a guy just sits on a couch spaced out, but he's not getting any help. So the VA would call us and say, hey, we have, we have another vet for you. We raise the money, we fly them in, put them in a hotel, we get them with a therapist, we get them around other vets that are working on their stuff. We put them in a boat crew or a small group with a veteran leader and they work on accountability and they start processing their stuff. We went through about $250,000 the last year and a half before the pandemic, flying guys in, working on the stuff, real successful program, and everything dried up during the pandemic. And so I'm choosing to jump in further on this issue and try to raise more attention to this veteran suicide issue. And I thought rowing across the Atlantic, uh, which would be a great test for me mentally and physically would also give me a platform to talk more and more about why is it that, you know, we have 18 to 20 die a day and we have 50% more die than in the non-military community in the civilian world. So we got some real issues and um, I want to be in the middle of the dialogue of helping find those solutions. Yeah, I saw your story. I mean, we're talking about it right now. We're raising awareness about it right now. Is this through the Courage Foundation? Yes. Uh-huh. We have our own foundation. We have something called SealFit. Then we have a program called Unbeatable Mind. And then our nonprofit for all these veterans that we work with is called Courage Foundation USA. Yeah, Robert, I was reading up on the website. It said 50% of veterans don't receive the care they need. And then I, I went on to read that um, a lot of veterans don't complete the care once they start it. Uh, there's a belief that psychological problems work themselves out. And then it said seeking mental health is usually the last resort. So I love that the Courage Foundation is shining a spotlight on all of this. Yeah, we're trying to engage these guys and say, hey, listen, strong guys, secure guys can ask for help. Yes. It should not, it should not be the last thing you do. It's not going to take away your manhood. It's not going to belittle you. It's not going to embarrass you. But either you deal with your issues or your issues will deal with you. And if you want another marriage or two more marriages, you want to have kids that don't speak to you, or you want to have kind of stuff, just keep doing what you've always done. But if you want to get some help, hang out with us. And we all have issues and we're not afraid to talk about them. So jump in and let's grow and let's deal versus your issues dealing with you in time, like they did with Mark. Yeah, it choked me up when I read that, that mental health is the last resort. Because I think it should be the first resort. Hey, everybody's got issues. There's no perfect person. There's no, no perfect family. There's no perfect being raised a certain way. You know, everybody's got stuff. And most people deny that they have blind spots. They deny that they have issues that are triggers. You know, and so I'm glad that I've gone places and asked for help. Yeah, I mean, you were speaking with Mark on a daily basis you said everyone has issues, and we do. But I just feel like if you're a veteran, you experience a lot more than the average human being. So what is it about being a veteran, 
serving your country, being deployed, and then coming back and then trying to integrate yourself into everyday society? You carry a lot of baggage. And you have a beer, and some guys, all they do is start reliving stuff. I mean, I've had guys hear a machine gun or a car pop, and they jump under the table. You know, it's like yeah. there, there's just there's just stuff. So we just think that there's there's a way to help these guys if they would just say, okay, I'm nervous to I'll open up and talk about it, but I trust you. Where we are in the nation, we'll fly in. We'll work with you. And we have our, our donors who help us do that. And what's huge in the mental health world is teamwork and a shared experience. So I you love that you're having that with the Courage Foundation. Well, you know, drinkers can't lie to drinkers. And drug addicts can't lie to drug addicts. Right. And military can't lie to military. So, you know, you can, you can tell other people stuff, but we know you. And so you hang with us and you'll be outed. You know, we'll say, nah, you're not, you're not telling the truth. We know you. And it's good that small group work, regular weekly small group work with a, with a therapist available is, is just, we had great success. Because when you see someone else do it, it kind of pushes you in a, a positive direction. Correct. All right. So let's get back to this transatlantic journey that you will be starting on December 4th. Yes, sir. How many days is that going to take? It's going to take between 40 or 50. First of all, you're a triathlete. I'm a 12-time Ironman, yeah. (laughs) And then I also read that you did seven marathons in seven days in seven continents. There's something called the World Marathon Challenge, and that's 777. What, What the deal was is that I wanted, in my 60s, to see if I could get as physically fit as I was in my 20s. And so I began to work out with that thought in mind that I'm going to do the events that I did in my 20s in my 60s. Why? I'm a leadership coach. I'm a leadership trainer. I'm a speaker, business consultant. But I also work with kids that want to be in the special ops. And I also have five kids who say, hey, Dad, you're getting old. And I don't like that. <laughs> can, I, so, can I stop you for a second, Robert? Yeah. You're you're the embodiment of the title of this podcast, Live Better Longer. Continue. Generally speaking, you know, we, we choose how we age. I'm an adopted kid. Don't have any bloodline. Don't don't know. And so I, early on in life, I was going to a doc and I was talking about, you know, when am I going to lose my hair or when am I going to this or that? And he said, you know, the best thing that you can do, Robert, is to live healthy because healthy people have less chance of getting stuff. They're unhealthy people. And I know from taking care of my dad to 101, I moved home to take care of my dad at 92, that once you lose your health, you've lost everything. We have millionaires that have lost their health. They can't buy it back. And we have friends, you know, that they think they're God until they lose their health. And all of a sudden they get gout, they can't walk, or they, they get heart disease, blood pressure, whatever it is. And so he said to me, Robert, stay as healthy as you can, as long as you can. And my dad modeled to me moderation. He ate small portions. He maybe had a glass of wine once a week. He didn't eat uh, much desserts. He did his push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups until he was 96. And so he was fit, but he was aging pretty healthily. Right. And so he said to me, did you learn anything from this? I said, yeah, you can choose to age better than others. 
And so I took that on early in my 20s and said, I just want to eat good, sleep good. I like athletics. I like challenges. And I've used it as mental therapy because when I get out there doing my stuff, I process my issues. I think I had five kids. It was the only place I could get alone and work (laughs) on my stuff, my sanity, you know. And I found that as a lifestyle, I just liked feeling good, being able to get off the floor quick, you know, being able to not stumble and fall over. And so I've worked on how to age healthily. And people don't have to undo it. Well, no, I mean, you're aging healthily and you talked about challenges, but tell me about this seven marathons and seven continents in seven days. I mean, that's bigger than your normal challenge. Well, this, if you want the challenge, so I decided to do five challenges two years ago, four of which I was told not to show up because I was too old. And I said, really? <laughs> they said, and they said, yeah, you're, you know, you're 60 something, and you know, blah, blah, blah. You might want to consider, you know, a couch and retiring. <laughs> and it just, it just pissed me off, you know? So I trained for the three years. And the first one was we ran from Sparta to Thermopylae. You know what the, remember the movie 300? We redid the 300. We did okay. a fundraiser, a Navy SEAL fundraiser for the guys that died in Benghazi. And so we raised money for the families, for the college tuitions, for those Navy SEAL guys, the contractors who died in Benghazi. So we redid the 300. And so we ran 238 miles across Greece in eight days. And so, of course, I was the oldest guy. And I made it. And then after that, these kids said to me, you know, you could do the quest and the quest is this beach lifeguard thing. I was a beach lifeguard down here when I was a kid and they have a memorial run for the lifeguards that have died rescuing people. And you run 26 miles on the soft sand. And when you can't run on the soft sand, you swim. It's a swim, run, swim, run marathon. And so I signed up for that and it was stupid, but I did it. And so I went home and got in a chair and didn't move for a day and a half. But that was an interesting one. Then the third one was a completely different type. It was a real anaerobic thing where your heart goes up and down, up and down all the time. It's called the 50 hour nonstop Navy SEAL challenge. And so there was- Now, how, how old were you when you did this? I did that one at about 68. And so I went and trained with the instructors who were going to beat me down. And so they said, you don't really want to show up. And I said, I know, just train me. And But I have a special ops background. And so in my head- I have some stuff inside me that most guys don't have, which is I I understand pain and I understand miserableness and I understand not losing your mind when you feel like you're just dying. So I, I trained with my old special ops stuff inside my head. Anyway, I became the oldest guy to ever attempt it or finish it. And they gave me an award, the advanced age award. And so they thought that was really cool. If I'd known how difficult it would have been, I should have done it. I wouldn't have done it. But once I'm in it, you know, I, I survived 50 straight hours nonstop. And then three weeks after that, I did my 12th Ironman. And then six weeks after that, I did the 777. So I did all five of those in about six months. And four of which, of course, I got all the people who told me I shouldn't show up. I got them to say, good job. I said, don't ever say that again. (laughs) That's right. They were doubters and you turned them into believers. Don't put me in a box on age. We teach, and my dad proved it, that there's 20 times more potential in you at any age than you've ever allowed someone to bring out of you. So if you want to act your age, you can act your age. But if you get with somebody who will challenge you and say, listen, 
You can do more. And that's what my dad had me do. And I, I would challenge my dad and he would get stronger and fitter. And he died stronger and fitter than he was when I moved home with him at 92. He couldn't get out of a chair because he was an academic. He liked to read. And the more you read, the more you lose your thighs. And the more you lose your thighs, you don't have any strength to get up out of a chair, especially a deep chair. Mm-hmm. So he would call me. He said, I got to go pee. I said, well, get yourself out of that chair. He said, no, I can't get out of the chair. I said, well, this is not going to work very long, Dad. And he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to take away your chair and find you something you can get out of. He said, you can't touch my chair. My chair is my chair. I said, no, then you're going to have to earn it because I'm not coming every 15 minutes to help you pee. <laughs> and so he said, what are you going to do to me? I said, either I take the chair and get you a new chair, or you're going to learn to get your thighs back. And so he said, okay, what do I got to do? So I got him out of his chair and put him on his cane, put his hands on his cane, you know, and I had him do air squats. And I'd say, see if you can squat down. He couldn't squat. Uh, uh, uh. He, I mean, he's little, he had no legs. So I said, dad, every day, three times a day, we're going to do some air squats where you just sort of squat down. And sure enough, within six months, he was doing five sets of 25 all the way to 90 degrees. Nice. And I never, I never had to get him out of the chair ever again. He said, thank you. He would go places and people say, you look strong, judge. My dad was a judge. You look strong. He goes, I'm doing my air squats. I'm doing my push-ups. I'm strong in the game. And so then he, he lost his balance. You know, he'd get up and be woozy like his inner ear was gone. So I'd say, dad, you're losing your inner ear because you don't use it anymore. So let's work on your balance. So I'd get him out of the chair and I'd say, can you stand on one foot? In the beginning, he couldn't stand on one foot. He'd, you know, shake stuff. So I'd hold him, uh, my hand on his shoulder, say, just stand on your foot. Lift your other one up. And then I'd take my hand away. And after a while, he could stand on one foot. And he'd stand on the other foot for a minute, which is balance. And then I'd give him a ping pong paddle and I'd give him a ball. I'd go, can you do this? He'd, you know, work on that. And I'd say, now lift your leg up. Can you do that on one leg? And pretty soon, he got that down. I said, well, now do it with your other hand. And then I'd say, go around in circles on one foot. And it all came back. And he stopped stumbling and being out of balance. And I said, see, Daddy, if you don't use it, you lose it. I'm going to talk to our founder, Dr. Tim Fox, and I'm going to give you an honorary physical therapy doctorate just for that story <laughs> right there. Just do something every day that's good for you. But you can do more than you think unless you've copped out and believed what your friends tell you. When I was 70-year-olds, they say, what kind of medications are you on? And I go, I'm not on any medications. You are. And they go, yeah. And I say, well, you know, how's, how's your high blood pressure doing, you know? How's your, you know, you have, you have sex anymore? What's the deal? So if I go and spend time with 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds, they go, hey, coach, get another set. Coach, you can do this. Do another rep. And I, when I hang with them, I do their stuff, and I don't know that I'm 70. I think I'm 18. And I just hang out with them. But if I hang out with old people, all they do is tell me about their owies and their medications. And so I don't want to, I don't want to listen to that stuff. I don't have any negativity in my life. I only have good positive stuff. Anyway, go ahead. Seven marathons, seven days. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get around to this eventually. So was it seven marathons in seven consecutive days? Because logistically well, that would be tough. No, no, no. Yeah, you fly around the world in a jet. No, the deal is there's world records. And the world records are you have 168 hours to complete seven marathons. So that's seven days. And seven and so, continents. On seven continents. So what you do is you fly to Cape Town and you get on a 757 jet and you fly to Antarctica. 
And in Antarctica, the gun goes off for 168 hours. And so you run your marathon, then you get on that jet, you fly back to South Africa. And as soon as you land in Cape Town, you run. So you do two marathons in the first day. You go from 20 below zero to 90 above, and you run that second marathon. You get that done within 20 hours. Why do they do two in the first day? Because with travel time and storms and stuff, immigration to countries, you could lose a lot of time. So they want to give you two tough ones in the beginning. After the second one, you get your first shower. And then you, you go ahead and you fly from there to Perth, Australia. And then as soon as you land in Perth, you just start running. So it was a night marathon. We land there. It was hot and stuff. So we ran that thing all night long, got back on the plane in the morning and flew from there to Dubai. And we landed again about four in the afternoon. We were running by six. We ran all night, got the plane by six the next morning. And we flew from there to Lisbon. When you land, you get on a bus, you go right to place, you start running. You do Lisbon in the rain in the wintertime, cobblestone streets. It's just weird. And then you get on a plane real quick and you fly to Cartagena, Colombia. All right. That's so this is, this is continent number six, if I'm counting yeah. correctly. Okay. Yeah. And then you land that thing and you run that all night and you get done about five in the morning. You're on the plane by 6.30. You arrive in Miami for number seven. About 10 in the morning at noon, you're running Miami. And by eight o'clock that night, we did, I think, seven marathons within like 157 hours instead of 168 hours. So these are legit marathons, 26 point whatever miles? 26.3, yeah. To me right now, I I feel like this is fantasy. It's it's an interesting group of people, that's for sure. (laughs) So transatlantic trip, you're going to start in the Canary Islands which is on the, the west coast of Africa. Yeah, it's just below Spain. And then you're going to go to Antigua, which is east of Puerto Rico. Correct. It's going to take over 40 days. 12 people will be on this boat. Six on, six off, and you're rotating every three hours? Yeah, you. what you do is we have three ports and three starboards. You know, like collegiate rowing, three on the left, three on the right. Anyway... You row the port for three hours, three guys, and then you shift and go to the starboard to row three hours, and then you're done for three hours. You come out and you row hour and a half port, hour and a half starboard, you're in. And you do that nonstop. You row about 12 hours a day for 40 or 50 days. It all depends on weather. And we have the only 12-man boat in the world, so we don't race anybody. We just, we're doing this. I'm the oldest guy, of course, on the team by over 20 years, and I'm the only American. So I'm honored to be invited by these Europeans as this mentally fit, physically fit guy to come join that team. You only get three hours of rest? Yeah. For 40, for for, over 40 days. So you don't get like an eight hour sleep. No, but what you'll find is, is that as you look at me with this crazy look, if you only have, (laughs) if you only have to be awake for three hours, you don't need a lot of sleep. So you take a nap every three hours. So you always have enough energy for the next three hours. Then you get to take your nap for whatever, eat, sleep. So you're just napping, rowing, napping, rowing, napping, rowing nonstop. And you just get in a rhythm. And it's it's not a bad rhythm once you get in. It takes about 10 days to get in it. But once you're in it, it's pretty smooth. You just wake up, eat something, go row, go back to sleep. Oh, since you put it like that, it sounds so simple. (laughs) <laughs> have you have you practiced this though? Have you done the yeah. three on three? Okay. I had to fly to Scotland in July 
and meet my teammates and do a practice row in the North Sea. I said, okay, you get out there, you know, and you break in, you figure it out. There's a rhythm you get into and how to eat and when to, when to get your water. We have a water purifier desalination machine. We have solar on the front of the back of the boat. We generate our own electricity. So we generate our own clean water. Uh, we have satellite phone. We have GPS. We have all that stuff. All we have to do is row and drink our water and eat our pre-made food and um, just get in that rhythm and go every three hours. And, you know, everything that we want in life is outside of our comfortability, right? Because people want to be comfortable. Right, all the time. All the time. And growth is always outside of you being comfortable. Learning to public speak, learning to walk, learning how to stop smoking. Everything you want is outside your normal rut of comfortability. And what you find out is that there's so many other ways to live than the way that you're living. And this is one of those ways that you may seem terrible. Once you get out there in that, in that rhythm, like I've already sailed this thing. I've already sailed it from the Canaries to the Caribbean. I did 25 days back in the year 2000. And when we did that, we had six hours off and we had three hours on. And so we averaged about four hours of sleep, three hours on duty, four hours of sleep. We did that for 25 days. And once you get in that rhythm, you figure that out too. So what people think is impossible is only impossible because you haven't practiced it and learned there's a way to do things. So most people don't do things because they don't want to try something new. You know, people stop one. When you're a freshman, you don't want to be a freshman. You want to be a senior. When you're a senior, you don't want to go back and start being a freshman again. And after a while, people stop growing because they don't want to have to be the freshman anymore in life. But if you do say, I can learn something new, I can try something, you go, oh, that's not so bad. Speaking of learning something new, we know that you're a triathlete. We know that you did the Navy SEAL Challenge. Had you ever rowed before? I rowed collegiately in college, two years. Okay, so you have a, a rowing background. Yeah, I mean, when you get in the boat, it's like riding a bicycle. All right, so let's let's give all the information. So it starts on December 4th. Once again, Robert Hamilton Owens is raising money and awareness for veteran suicide prevention. This is in conjunction with the Courage Foundation. The websites are robrose4vets.org, and that is robrose4vets.org. You also have your own website, Robert Hamilton Owens, is it .com? Yes. Is there a place where people can follow this journey? There is. If they go to my Facebook, my Facebook is Robert H. Owens. And if they go there, there'll be a link. And then when I get to Spain, they're going to give us another link from the team manager and say, tell everybody to go to this link. And they haven't given that to me. And I'll post that on Facebook and on LinkedIn and say, this is the one you can go here or go here. And so we have like schools, classes following 40 days of us, you know, as there'll be uplink or satellite uplinks and stuff. And then they have to write a paper on it that I'm going to come to that school and give it an assembly. So they follow the guy for 40 days and then they go to the school and I do the assembly and tell them all about it. And then uh, like my last question, even though I have a million more, but I can't keep you all day. What are you going to do for Christmas? What are you going to do for New Year's? You're going to be in the middle of the ocean. You know what? Um, I'm probably going to take an hour and a half nap and go row for three hours. <laughs> I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about taking some Sour Patch candy for Christmas, and I'm thinking about taking some hot tamales for um, New Year's, and I'm going to take a cigar for the very end. <laughs> 
Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. And, I wanted, and raise money and awareness in the process, too. If everybody would just donate a little bit, we'd sure appreciate it. And so would the veterans who we help. But let me say to all the listeners out there on this nice podcast, you know, you really can make a difference and you really can change and grow if you want to. If you want to get healthier, you can. It's not that hard. Everybody wants to have a victory, but no one wants to have a battle. Everybody wants to be an overcomer, but nobody wants to overcome. Everybody wants to win, but nobody wants to struggle. And so to the listeners out there, I have as many excuses as the next guy. I can eat ice cream all day long. <laughs> I can sit around and say, I don't want to get physically fit. I don't want to work out. I'm going to suck my thumb and pout here on the couch and just be me. I know how to do that. I can get a master's degree in that. But every day I make a choice to say, what's the big picture? And the big picture is, how do I want to live my life? And what we do when we train our seniors is we say, if you'll just invest in yourself an hour a day, the other 23 hours will be much better mentally, physically, and emotionally. So you can pay now and play later, or you can not get exercise and not be healthy, and you can play now and be sick. And so I encourage people here listening to me, I'm not some freak, I'm not some stud, some, oh, that's an athletic guy. I just have chosen that I sleep better and I think better and I'm emotionally more stable if I exercise. Um, don't do anything that I'm doing. Just get healthy. That's all. All right. Two more questions. Yes, sir. Maybe, maybe three more. Uh, one, <laughs> do, you, do you have anywhere to go, by the way? Because if I'm keeping you, you, no, you, no, you, might, you might need to train right now. I don't want to take you away from your training. No, no, I, I'll train when I'm done. Okay. But... <laughs> All right. Do you have any cheat days? Oh, yeah. Okay. You bet. Hell yes, I do. <laughs> That's good. That's I good am... to know. That's good to know that there's some flexibility in Robert Owens' world. Oh, yeah. I, have, I, I, I lust a big burger and fries and a Coke. Good. That makes this attainable then. Uh, I go once a week at least. All right. So number two, how would you suggest I tell my son to get off of his iPad? He can't get off that thing. So how would you approach that? You can't hammer somebody. You lead with the carrot. <laughs> so what's the carrot in his life that he would be willing to reach for, but it might cost him some iPad time? So I have parents ask me that all the time. My kids, my kids, blah, blah. I say, find out a passion that they have. There's something that they're passionate about and say, I'll help you do something that you really, really is a stretch for you if you'll do A, B, C, and D and make you a deal. Like the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. My kids don't want to read a book, but I want them to learn about money, right? So I said to my kids, listen, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks if you read the stupid book. And they go, why? I said, because you don't want to read it, but I want you to read it. And they go, okay. So all five of my kids read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, go, hey, that's not a bad book. I gave them a hundred bucks. And then they said, thanks. So your kid, and you know, they're going to cost you more than a hundred bucks. So I'd rather spend it that way. So your kids have some passion inside them, ice skating, new computer, travel, meet somebody, go someplace. Okay, I'll make you a deal. My dad said to me, you can go to the beach if you wash the cars and you mow the lawn every Saturday. That's all you got to do. Do your chores. He got something out of me, but he gave me something. And kids have music or athletics or they have stuff that they want to do. You can't tell kids they can't 
you got to lead them to where they want to go. And then they, they discover something. Can we do more of that? I'm and- going to make a t-shirt. It's going to say, it's all about the carrot in quotation marks. And then underneath Robert Hamilton Owens. Don't waste your time. But- <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, but- last, last question. When can I book you for a motivational speech at Fox Rehabilitation? I give motivational talks to people all the time. And so all you got to do is wait till I get home or you, you know, you have two days to book me now for next year, but fly, <laughs> but fly me in and I'll do a spit. I'll do a, a talk for you and I'll do a couple workshops. All right. I just got done speaking to 5,000 high school kids in South Africa. And I said, they're not going to listen to me. I'm old. And they go, come on. And so they booked me and these kids just listened and their mouths were open. They didn't move. And I went, unbelievable. But then they stood in line to ask questions and they had question after question of why they can't, couldn't, shouldn't do what they really want to do. And they're filled with doubt and self-defeating belief systems. And so it's so much fun at any age to encourage people that they can do stuff, but they got to hang around the right people and they got to be getting the right stuff in their head. And they, they just got to change a little bit. And I, I will go out the rest of my life doing that with folks because that's what people did to me when I was that age. I was stupid too, right? I didn't do the right thing. I had to have people, come on, Robert. They had a carrot for me. And I just followed along with the carrot. I, I changed. Didn't know I was going to. Didn't know I wanted to. But I did follow in those carrots. And it was worth it. Well, Robert, it was a, a damn pleasure Good luck with the transatlantic journey. Once again, raising money and awareness for veteran suicide prevention. It's in conjunction with the Courage Foundation. The website's once again, roberthamiltonowens.com and robrose4vets.org. Now, let me do one thing in closing. I want to speak to your audience. I want you to get back to Jim a comment of what you got out of this talk. I want you to give Jim feedback on what you heard and if this guy was a jerk or he was worth having on and why, okay? Because the, the podcast host is trying to help the people. The people need to partner in and give back comments on, I like this, I didn't like that, I wish we'd gone longer, shorter, all that stuff. So please give Jim some feedback and then he can tell me later too. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. You bet, Jim. Hey, nice to meet you. Yes, so for Robert Owens, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yens later.